one more time. Can we do that? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's all of that to us. And you love him enough that you have come to worship him today. He sees you here and he's pleased with your presence. You have come to worship him and that says a lot to God. He sees our hearts and knows where you put your emphasis today. Instead of sleeping in, taking time to just sit around, you said, no, this is God's day. I'm going to God's house. And praise the Lord, the enemy had to flee and here you are worshiping the Lord and praising him and glorifying him who lives forevermore, the awesome almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, choir, so much. Thank you for that beautiful song. We appreciate you so much. We want to welcome you today to Stratford Heights. This is a place where we love to come to worship God. We are here to worship Him. That's the main purpose for us having church. We go to all this work. Most of the world's here. We work to have a good service. We pray. We seek God, and you're here. And we thank you for being here. God will honor you for honoring him. Thank you for coming. We want to remind you if you're here and you're, you're visiting with us or you're new or kind of new, we always have service at 830. We have just come from our early service at 830 this morning and Sunday school hour at 930. And all those people that came got good parking places. <laughs> I said, I'm glad I come early anyway because I don't have to worry about a parking place. But we appreciate your patience as you come and it's a little crowded because of the building going on. It's going to be so great when this is all over and we have our room and we can have more things, to, uh, places to work for God in. But thank you for coming and being patient and following the signs to park and helping the ushers and those that are out in the parking lot. Thank you for doing that. That just shows maturity. And we've got such mature, wonderful people here. Thank you so much for that. Now, if you're here this morning, remember our services. We have service tonight at 6.30. And then there's something going on every night. Your bulletin will inform you. Please get a beautiful bulletin and read it. And uh, take it home with you and keep up with what's going on here. We're going to get out in the aisles now and greet one another. Shake hands and find those that are new. If you don't know their name, ask them and tell them yours. And shake hands. Give somebody a God bless you. Thank you. I just want to stand.
says therefore when you've done all you know to do stand right somebody told me one time stand up for Jesus you have to stand up for God and I found that not to be true because he already won all I need to do is stand up with him he doesn't need me to stand for him to win he's already accomplished it he just needs me to stand with him and that's what we do this morning amen we stand with the Lord our conquering King Savior Would you pray with me as we pray over the nation of Israel this morning? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together, God, believing, trusting, worshiping, praying, God, seeking you with all of our heart. God, we thank you, God, that we see signs all around us, God. We see the gathering of your people, God, back to Israel and that in that land. God, we see all kinds of things taking place and prophecies fulfilled, and we pray over that nation. God, we pray that your spirit would put a hedge of protection over them as their enemies rise. Lord, we know that it doesn't matter how many enemies rise against them. For all that matters is who's with them. And Father, we pray in these last days, God, that the eyes of their hearts would be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray blessing on them. We pray for peace. And we pray that you might prosper them. God, we pray these things in the name that's above every other name the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You believe that. Clap your hands. Here, stay right here. Before Cameron comes to receive our offering this morning, I wanted to speak to you for just a moment. It seemed to be the right time in the service. As they continue to play softly, I want us to pray over you today. I want God to do something. We're, we're in a season of answered prayers. I said, we're in a season of answered prayers. Amen. Praise God. I believe in the fire that was called down from Mount Carmel. I believe when Elijah said, he said, Lord, send your fire so that these people will know that you are God. Last Sunday morning, I shared with you about going down to my vacation down in Florida. And while I was there, I was taken over to Tampa Hospital St. Joseph Hospital in Tampa where my cousin was on life support and she 
had not been responsive for a couple of weeks and they were just at the end of the rope, didn't know what to do. And the power of God led me there, Brother Orville. Power of the Lord spoke to my heart and, he, and he, I stopped before I walked in the room and I prayed the prayer Elijah prayed. I said, God, so that they will know that you are Lord. And I'm telling you, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. I walked in that room. You, how many of you know it has nothing to do with a man? Doesn't have nothing to do with a church or a preacher? Doesn't have nothing to do with that. But when you call on the fire of God, the power of the Lord, when you call on the power of the Lord, you'll see things begin to take place. I want you to know we walked in that room. I walked in that room, and when I began to pray with her, I felt the Holy Spirit. And when I feel the Holy Spirit, I get bold as a lion. I've said that before. If I walk here and, I, and I'm stumbling and I'm faltering and I'm thinking it's only me and I got to figure this out, I run. But when I feel the Holy Spirit, man, you better watch out. I felt the Holy Spirit hit me. I prayed over her. We walked out of there. Within 24 hours, she woke up. They took her off the vent. She's sitting up in the bed. And two days ago, two days ago, I called my cousin. I wanted a, a checkup on her. You know, doctors have to do a checkup. I said, how's Wendy? And he said, you won't believe this. He said, they dismissed her last night. She's sitting at home doing great. God is a great God who answers prayers this morning. He answers prayers. I heard Brother Eldon Turner been told and been given the report of cancer in his life and he went and had all these tests run and Liz leaned over and whispered to me today said he went back for the test to get chemo and all this taken care of in his life and the doctor turned around and said oh go on home you're done there ain't no problem we're not going to do it that's the answer to prayer it's healing it's healing in the name of Jesus Christ I say all this because you and I need to know he is a prayer answering God and it's more it's more important for you to have faith in this awesome, mighty God than it is for you to breathe your next breath. To understand and know that He hears you when you cry. David said, I cried unto the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me. He, how many of you know He is a delivering God? He's a delivering God. We're going to pray. Do I, do I see Kim? Is Kim here today? My goodness broke every bone in her body, had I don't know how many surgeries, didn't know what was going to happen, was not supposed to, 36, 36 surgeries, didn't think she'd ever walk again, talk again, have a right mind again, and here she is on a Sunday morning, I'm seeing with her hands up in the air, he's a prayer answering God, amen, good to see you this morning, Kim, we know you by virtue of our prayers. And I want us to pray again. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for every need in this house. You know, I, the thing, I, I'm keeping score right now. I told God the other day, I said, Lord, I'm just keeping score on how awesome you are, how mighty you are. They keep scores and polls on presidential candidates. They keep them on sports figures, on teams everywhere, fantasy football. Everybody's talking about their team. They keep all kinds of scores and polls and reports. I looked up at God and I said, Lord, I'm keeping track of every time you do something to show yourself as God. Awesome, mighty God. Proud to call myself a believer in God who is here with us this morning. And he's going to touch you. He's going to touch you, Sister Marie. 
It's going to touch you right where you are. I believe the Lord's going to strengthen. I want some Holy Ghost filled ladies step over and I want you to lay hands on Sister Marie. Raise up your hand so they know you're Hans's mama. I want God to touch her and pray for her. But I want, I want everybody under the sound of my voice. I want us to pray not only for you, but every need that you got. How many have a very special need you want God to minister and to move on your behalf today? He is a prayer answering God. Look at somebody. Say, he answers prayer. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll say unto this mountain, move to yonder place. The Bible tells us that it has to go. I'm believing for some mountain moving this morning. They're moving some mountains out here. We're fixing to get this new property taken care of. But I'm telling you what, there's some mountain moving going on in here this morning. I believe it with all of my heart. The power of an almighty God. Show them that you are God, Lord. Amen. Want us to pray for Van Watkins. Van is a family member to us. If you know Pastor Watkins, our pastor emeritus, his son Van, his son Brian married my sister. So we're just all connected. And so Brother Watkins is the great grandpa of Sydney, and I'm Uncle Ray. They found Van unconscious the other morning, yesterday morning. His heart was not beating, and he was by all physical means gone called an ambulance they were able to resuscitate him and took him to the hospital where he was in a coma yesterday all day there was no activity there was nothing going on and we called on the fire of Elijah's God which is our God and all day long we prayed and as a family we have just cried before the Lord believed there was going to be a change going to be a, a miracle we're just believing and I I kept seeing that fire of Elijah falling on his bed at Erlanger Medical Center in Chattanooga. I just kept seeing the fire of God fall on him. We didn't announce it. I announced on Facebook and hundreds of you told me you'd be praying and we believed. I, I said a very special family request because our pastor at Watkins, they hadn't, we weren't ready to tell him just yet because of his health concerns and they knew that this would be something that would devastate him personally. So. It wasn't until this morning that we're free to ask you to pray for Van. He woke up last night. They looked at him and they said, Daddy. And he piped over and looked at him. And they started asking him all kinds of questions. And he began to answer each one of them. God is a miracle working God. Miracle working God. Brother John, I believe it. I believe God answers prayer. And I want you to pray for Brother Van. He's in Erlanger Medical Center down in Chattanooga, and we want to pray for him. He's preached at our church. We love this family, and we want to pray for him. And each of you that has a need right now, would you put your hand on your own heart? And let's pray together for each of these needs. Father, as we come to you, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe by faith in the name of Jesus the authority that is in Christ. We believe that the blood that was spilled at Calvary, the stripes on your back were for healing. We take that today, Lord, and stand on it. That's the rock we stand on. Lord, we believe that when we ask you, hear us, and we pray according to your will, Lord, and ask in the name of Jesus for you to take care of every situation, to move mountains, to move in every life, to restore, to heal, to bring deliverance and provision. Lord, we're believing you for these miracles today in this house. 
We thank you today as we bring every person. We bring Brother Van to you and thank you for your touch on him. Touch him by your Holy Spirit and be with him. Let him feel and know the presence of God even now as a church. We lift him up and pray that you will minister physically to him. We pray in the name of Jesus for every hand that was lifted up in this house. Touch and minister, God, to every circumstance as we lift up your name and praise you and thank you for answered prayers. And Lord, for our hand on our hearts, every one of us, God, I pray over every man, woman, boy, and girl that the power of the Holy Spirit will be at work today to minister to the needs of your people. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We'll take no credit. God will not be prideful. Lord, we'll never, never point towards a man or a woman to receive the praise. But you receive all of the glory, the honor, and all of the praise this morning. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we asked it and prayed it. And everybody said together, amen. And we give the Lord great praise. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated this morning. So thankful. Can you imagine? I can't imagine my life without the blessing of being in God's house and with God's people. It is uh, such a joy. I wanted to read the scriptures. Our ushers come this morning. It says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, it says, a, gener a generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself, will himself be refreshed. refreshed. Excuse me. I want to tell this this quick story and then we'll move on with the service this morning uh, my dad's church in Oklahoma City it's right off of an interstate and four or five miles distance there every stoplight you come to is somebody that's asking for money there and so we were very familiar with lots of people that would come to our doors and lots of people that would ask and obviously we met needs as according to to how we could and when we should and there was a young man one time that came and asked and, and I wasn't able I wasn't sure if I was helping or hindering I didn't know what it might be spent on I didn't know if giving him money was the best solution but that's what he asked for and I, I didn't I denied I wasn't able to give at that particular time and I remember over the next couple of months I saw him over that four or five mile stretch there I kept seeing him walking around there for two months I kept seeing him and I couldn't get his face out of my mind. And in service one day, the, my dad was preaching and he said this scripture from Hebrews 13. He says, make sure to, to spread brotherly love. He said, make sure to, to show hospitality to strangers for you may be entertaining angels unaware. And that scripture wasn't the centerpiece of his message, but it stung me. And that boy's face was imprinted in my heart and mind. I couldn't get it out of there. I bowed my head and I felt the, the Holy Spirit prayed, God, I see that you're trying to get my attention. God, give me another chance and I'll do it. And I don't mean that you have to give every time somebody asks, but there was something about that that touched me. And I said, God, give me one more chance. And I promise I'll make good. I'll make right. I'll do what you want. And I prayed that prayer, bowed my head, went about my day, went home, ate some Cheetos and went to bed that night. Woke up the next morning, went to the church, nine o'clock, opened the door, nine o'clock, opened the door, opened my office door, went in, laid my book back, my book bag down. And at 9.01, I hear a knock on the door. I go to the door and there's that boy that was on my heart the day before. Hadn't seen him. He showed up at the door knocking and he said, hey, he said, I came to to ask can you spare a little change and I got my wallet out 
And I remembered that prayer that I prayed and for that service where God prompted me, I gave him every drop of money that I had in my wallet. Now let me tell you, he looked at me and smiled and said thank you and walked out and I've never seen him since. Now I don't know if he was an angel or not. Obviously I'm not that spiritual. Forgive me. I don't know those things. I do know maybe God used, touched me to to get something to him, but I think more important than that, God wanted to get something out of me. That God wanted to show me that we need to obey. God wanted to show me that when we give, it's not to men, it's to God. When we give, it's not to men. When we tithe, it's not not ours, it's the Lord's. We don't decide what we're going to do with our own tithe. God does that. God chooses what, and we give to him, and it's to the Lord, and we don't have to worry because what happens when we give? God's kingdom expands. God's kingdom grows. Lives are touched and ministered to, and I want you to pray with me, and I want you to know that, that and, and believe with all of your heart that when you refresh, when you refresh others, you yourself are refreshed. We find in that moment what real prosperity is being a part of God's kingdom. Father, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for the opportunity to be obedient. Thank you for another opportunity to be obedient. God, touch us, minister to us, use us. God, let us be your hands and feet, for we know this is but a building, but Father, these people are your church. I pray wherever we go, we'd be a blessing for Jesus Christ in his name and for his glory. Amen. We have a special guest coming to sing for us at this time. Vic Fraley, he he attended at the Clayton Street Church. Now, we've been talking a lot about that. We were over there Thursday, and I was all a Twitter about it because I walked in them steps, you know, up that first flight of steps, and I told Mo, I said, right here's where I asked Kathy out for the first time. And so it was just a romantic moment for me and myself. But I wasn't there when Vic was there, but he's going to come. He, he is from North Carolina. Uh, he told me this morning, my friend Larry Harrell, uh, he's from his church. And so we've asked him to come and sing a little bit and, and testify and got a beautiful tenor voice. Make him welcome. Hallelujah. We're living in the last days. Jesus is about to come. Are you ready? Are you ready? Now the world around about us, this nation that we live in, is full of war and is full of sin and we see on every hand things that discourage us but I want you to know there's a parallel that while it may rise up as Satan is at work and doing what he can to convince us that he's going to take charge of everything he's going to kill us all off Jesus is raising up in every place
Gary, I've been to in Wilmington, North Carolina, as long as you've been here. Larry Hart Harrell is a new mentor to me. I'm in that choir down there. I love your singing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise his name. Signs of the time are everywhere. There's a brand new feeling in the air. Keep your eyes upon the eastern sky. Lift up your head. Redemption draw with night. Hallelujah. My mom's over there. Judy's mom's over there. We're going to have a jubilee over there. You know, we're facing right now the jubilee, the 50th year. We're going into it now. Israel is taking its place that God has set it to be. I'm working there in Wilmington with a full gospel business men's fellowship. I'm also with the Wilmington Healing Center. It's a non-denominational, but we're ministering to alcoholics, to drug addicts, to young people. God gave me a verse of scripture in 2008. I started and I answered the call to minister in 1957 at the Lake Wire Church of God in Lakeland, Florida. But 2008 came, I thought I was retired. I thought that now there's been good success as far as that goes. But I said, God, they're dying off all around me. These knees are 77 year old. But up here, I'm going about 90. Hallelujah. All because of the Holy Ghost. And I said to God, God spoke to my heart and said, I want you to go. Go to the grandchildren. I've got grandchildren, yes. And this generation is wanting the real and the genuine. And they're not going to be accepting counterfeit. And he said, I want you to go. I said, well, they're dying off around me. He said, you're not dead. So here I am. I came in and last night we had a 60th high school reunion at uh, the Barn and Bunk. What a name. <laughs> what a name. Yesterday afternoon I met with some of them, Judy, and uh, where, I'm not going to take up any time, please, but bear with me, I'm home.
This is where I was raised. This is home. Hallelujah. Audrey back there played the piano for the quartet that I sang in in, in my teen years. And they were called the Solid Rock Quartet. And I saw coming up I-75 a big beautiful edifice and a church and it said Solid Rock Church. <laughs> I said, this is home. Oh, I feel His presence here today. God, anoint you and use you along with this pastor and this staff to reach Him for Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. There's a song and I apologize for Brother Turner's position. He's been put on the spot. But how many of you remember Sister Gunnell or Sister Gunnell? Any of you? Okay. She was before my generation. She had a daughter named, her name is Edith. And when I was out there in Tucson, I was director of the Ahoway Church of God Choir. We did some singing around about Arizona and California and so on. But while I was there, Edith wrote a song. And I felt immediately when yesterday I, I was approached about being here today and singing. I said, yes, just the opportunity to do it. But whenever she wrote this song, you probably will never remember it after this. But I think that you will remember this song as you move forward. The title of the song is, He Has Never Been Away. By the way, Sandy, raise your hand. Where are you? There she, where's she? Am I seeing her? Okay. She's here. 55 years we've been together as of Valentine's Day 2015. Amen. He will never leave you. You may go astray. If you turn to find him, he's never been away. He's closer than a brother at night or through the day. Hold to God's unchanging hand. He's never been away. Friends may all forsake you for things you say or do. He will never leave you, but see you safely through. He's closer than a brother at night or through the day. 
hold to God's unchanging hand. He's never been away. Friends may all forsake you for things you say or do. He will never leave you but see you safely through. He's closer than a brother at night or through the day. Oh, to God's unchanging hand, He's never been away. do something right now would you just praise the Lord for our heritage Lord I praise you Lord I thank you for being raised up to believe and trust you are my source of life I can delay behind no one else will do Lord I will take home I need you Jesus I need you, Jesus. You are my source of life. I can't be left behind.
right now. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We glorify your name.
not be accustomed to what's going on in here today but let me assure you something the spirit of the lord is here in this house he's ministering to people needs are being met and people's lives are being transformed right here the power of the lord we've been talking about is here in this house right now i don't know what you need from the lord but if you'll just dare to have faith and lift up your hand or lift up your heart let god touch you right where you are I believe he'll move in your life this morning. Feel, feel this place, Lord. Breathe, breathe on us, Lord.
right now in the middle of this service just say you haven't preached a message yet you can't do this till the end listen to me some of you come in here you're confused You've been confused by all the messages of the world. You don't know whether to go Republican, Democrat, Green Party, Orange Party, Yellow Party. You don't have a clue where to go, what to do. You're confused by churches, preachers and people that have filled you with all kinds of confusing thoughts. I'm here to tell you this morning, your confidence is not in man. Your confidence is in Jesus. He will not fail you. You can trust in the Lord. You can trust Him. Right here, before we go another step in this service, I want God to have His way in the lives of those who have come in here hungry and thirsty and you in need. God needs you. You need Him. You need things to be correct and right in your life. And before we go another minute, can I say this? Before the trumpet sounds, oh, there ain't an amen in this crowd. I said before the trumpet sounds, you need to get right with God. Right in the middle of this song, I want you to go back to breathe on me in just a minute. But when you do, we're going to take some new people to the throne before we get there. Are you ready? If you need Jesus in your life right now, I want you to shoot up your hand. We're going to make an altar right where you sit. God bless you. God bless you. Any others? God bless you. Anybody else? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. There. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. In the name of the Lord, right now, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hands are going up all over the place. God bless you. Christians, are we praying right now? People are going to get right with God. Isn't that more important than anything else we got going? I said, isn't that more important than anything else we've got going? Whew. It was the power that we're feeling right now, Lisa, saved your daughter. Made her a worship leader to thousands this morning. The same power that saved me, saved you, saved the choir. That same power is at work right now in this house. The Holy Ghost is working on you. He has already knocked at your heart's door and you are ready to receive him. So before we go any further, let me clue you in on something. We're going to pray a prayer right now, but listen. This prayer, how many of you know, is just words. Just, just words. I don't feel to move you. I feel to leave you right where you are. We're not, we're going to make this moment sacred. And right where you're standing, that is an altar before God. And what you believe about what you're fixing to do is what gets heaven's attention. Jesus died on the cross for you. Gave his life for you. Purchased your salvation so that you could be ready. My niece, Jessica, is she here today? She's here. Jessica came in this weekend. She's getting married. And she went dress shopping this weekend. They kept sending pictures of her in this wedding dress. And I wasn't ready for that as uncle. But I got tears in my eyes as I was driving my car. And I was looking at those pretty dresses. And she was just twirling around and 
pulling it out and looking at it and taking all these beautiful pictures. I thought, my, she's a beautiful bride. And the Lord said, so are you. And I thought right then, I said, God, that's what you're doing with the church right now. That's what he's doing here this morning. He's getting his bride ready. We're trying on our dress. We're, we're going dress shopping for the wedding. Did you know the wedding's coming up? Did you know that he's at, the bridegroom is about to knock? Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is on his way. And the church is getting ready. It's time right now to bring some folks before you've made a good decision. You've made the best decision of your life right here. More important than who you marry, where you work, where you live is the decision you're making right now for Jesus. Somebody says, well, is, is Jesus coming next week? I don't know. He could come today. Is it going to be next week or next year? I don't know. All I know is that the wind is blowing through the trees and the figs are changing, on the, the leaves are changing, and I know the signs are telling me that it's soon something's about ready to happen. I believe the bridegroom is getting ready. I believe old Gabriel's getting ready with his, with his trumpet or shofar. I guess they don't. All I know is that the Lord is getting ready to come. And there's some folks. Aren't you glad that you get to witness the fact that folks are going to come to Jesus this morning? Everywhere across this congregation where you lifted your hand, it said, we're going to leave you right where you're standing. I want you right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. Christians, church, I want you to pray this with me. Again, words will not save you, but if, you, if these words are spoken from your soul, from your heart, Jesus says if a man believes in his heart, that God has been raised, that God raised him from the dead, that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for you, became your Lord at Calvary if you receive him this morning. If you believe that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, the Bible says you are saved. So right here, right now, everybody on the sound of my voice, let's take them by the hand spiritually and walk them straight into the throne room of grace. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner. I need rescue. I need a Savior. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation with your blood. I receive you today. I make you Lord of my life. And according to your word, I believe it in my heart. I now confess you with my mouth. So I'm saved. I'm as good as anybody else going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lead. Breathe on me, Jesus. Oh, breathe on me, Jesus. With the breath of
worthy. The Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. How about you let out a great big praise the Lord today? Amen. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Can somebody say hallelujah? I just needed your help. I didn't need you. I'm not trying to direct you. I'm just trying to tell you. I needed your help. The praises of the Lord will run the devil off. When you get in the presence of the Lord like we are, I promise you, the enemy flees, man. The Bible says resist him and he'll flee. I believe when you get in the presence of God like this, and the praise is running all over this house and all through this altar, I believe that the enemy takes a hike. Well, I'm the only one. There's two people that believe that with me. Amen. When you praise him, it was Paul and Silas that prayed down in the deep, dark dungeon of life. And they started singing at midnight. It may be a midnight hour for you. They started singing, praising. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, them chains started rattling. Nobody knew what happened. All they know is that every door in that place burst open and everybody was set free. I'm telling you, Jesus can set you free this morning. Amen. He can set you free. Hallelujah. And he's done that. Would you help me one more time celebrate with all these that have accepted Christ into their life this morning? Amen. Amen. Our discipleship pastor is on vacation this morning. But they have a booth set up out in the lobby. If you accepted Christ, we want you to walk by there and just pick up a Bible. Get, they want to get some information and help you get rooted and grounded in your Christian walk. We have a whole discipleship ministry, small group area that will help you, that will get you on track and help you to be strong and get rooted in the love of God. We want you to just go by there. You'll see it outside. It says crosswalk in the lobby. Just go by there and they'll help you today. Any of our pastors will talk with you and help you after service. I want you to be seated for a few moments. I want to thank the choir. I want to thank our brother. Where is he at? Where is our brother from Wilmington, North Carolina? There you are. God bless you. Didn't he do a wonderful job this morning? Thank you so much for being with us. We love our heritage around here. I'll tell you because you, you probably don't know this unless someone's told you, but we're 100 years old this year. Now, I'm sure you weren't there 100 years ago. Or were you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but in our hundred years, God's given us a tremendous gift this year. Not only are we building out here after 25 years of waiting for expansion of facilities for this ministry. We've got ministries literally stacked on top of each other in this church. But because of God's favor and grace, we're at a point where we get to expand out here. But been praying and I'd went... A year, a year and a half ago, I toured over at the old Clayton Street building, which was our old building, which apparently you were in, and you, you remember worship there, and Gary obviously fell in love there. Um, <laughs> Kathy, I'm sure, thanks God for Clayton Street. <laughs> but that old building has been there for a long time. It's been the Central Baptist Church for the last 60-some years, and that church, uh, we went through it about a year and a half ago, and God laid it down in my heart. It's situated right in a very needy part of Middletown now. It's, 
It's very uh, uh, just drugs and alcohol and all kinds of, uh, of sin down there where it's at. It's in one of the more needy parts of our city. And I walked through that building, and all of a sudden, the Lord dropped it down in my heart a year and a half ago. He said, this would be a beautiful mission for this city. And I walked out of there, and I said, boy, I'd love to have that building back. I'd love to have Clayton Street back. Wouldn't that be awesome? Everybody laughed at me. They said, no, you'll never get it. We're building out here. You can't afford it. We can't buy it. If I went to the council and said, we're going to buy a building, they would have laughed me out of the church, tarred and feathered me, and I'd been over. A year and a half of praying and six months of praying, a really, really special prayer. I said, Lord, I can't get it out of my head. It's been, it's been 10, 11 months. It's been a year. It's been on my mind. I can't get it out of my mind, out of my heart. God, why are you doing this to me? I said, Lord, if this is you, since we can't buy it and we, we can't afford it, and we want to turn this into a mission, I see a soup kitchen, a free store, counseling center, vacation Bible school for kids. I see all kinds of ministry coming in and out of there. I see it as a street ministry for, for the, the Celebrate Recovery program. I see it, it housing so many ministries, but all of it free and all of it to the community, just to love them to death, to love them with Jesus' love. I saw it. I said, Lord, if this is you, give us the building. I can't buy it. They won't let me. The most stingy people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're building a building out here, and you're like, what? Six months, I had ten people, eight, eight to ten people praying with me. I said, let's ask God for something absolutely ridiculous. Let's pray. If that's God, if, he, if this burden is from him, if this vision is from him, to love this city after 100 years, to be able to go back to our first property, and love the city all over again. I thought, Lord, that'd be real romantic. <laughs> How many of you know God's a romantic God? Sentimental God. Six months we prayed. A few weeks ago, as I've told you, and I want to tell you, brother, that old building, that pastor called me and said, man, I can't get you out of my head. He said, every time I walk in this building, I think about you. I said, praise God. He said, are you still interested in turning that building into a mission? I said, you better believe it. I said, we've been having prayer meetings and we've had all kinds of people praying. We want that building. He said, well, I'm going to make it available to you. And I said, oh, you interested in selling that building? Thinking. And he said, no, brother. And he started laughing. He said, if you're going to turn that into a mission to love this city, I'm going to give it to you free and clear. God gave us that building. Amen. Amen. So we wanted to tell you, you will be going back to Clayton Street. Clayton Street, I walked through it the other day. We only had a few minutes. I walked through the building, and I looked all around, and I, I said, this is Clayton Street, this is Clayton Street. I said, this is our Clayton Street. This is our Clayton Street. This is God's Clayton Street. It was God's clear back to the beginning, and he wants it to continue. The favor of God, the love of God. I walked in. It needs so much work. It's been abandoned six months ago. It was, it was uh, the walls need fixed. There's leaks in the roof. We got so much work to do. If you are a roofer, if you work in construction, if you know how to sweep, if you know how to hammer, you are absolutely drafted to be a part of helping us get Clayton Street back up. And I'll tell you what I told everybody Sunday night. I ain't going to pay anybody. We're going to do it all out of love. We're going to love that thing to death. But it's a mission. 
It's a mission for us to turn that into a lighthouse, a dream center for God in this city and love the people again. But I thought as I walked around, oh, God, it's it's dark. There's no electric. There's no water. Things have been tore out. Lord, the walls are terrible. The floor is sopping wet. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? I'm walking through the building and I said, it looks dead in here. And the Lord took me back to the scriptures and said, yeah. Do you remember what happened when they threw old Elijah down in the grave and his bones were laying there and they poured a dead man, laid a dead man over top of him? I said, Lord, the power of God, the calling on him, the favor of the Lord that was with him all throughout his calling and his ministry. Lord, that dead man, when they threw him in on those bones of, his, of, of Elijah, he came to life. And the Lord said, throw the hurting on this old building and watch what happens. Throw the bruised, the battered. Throw those who will feel like they don't got no hope anymore. Throw the dead. I in on this building and watch what I do. The favor of God, the ministry of God, the calling of God. I'm believing for great miracles. Amen. you lift your hands all over this house this morning thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit we honor your presence in this place Lord we receive your word and thank you Father all we want to do Lord is follow after you your heart your work we thank you Jesus we bless your name the message that I prepared for this morning, of course, as we look at the five minutes after 12, I, I won't hold you, but I will tell you what the, message, what the message is for us today. In light of all that is happening and all that's going on in our world, and you know, today has been an unusual Sunday. I mean, we always feel and sense and know that the moving of God, people get saved and the presence of the Lord is here. But you would say, you would agree with me today that this has been an unusual move of the Holy Spirit. A beautiful move. People have gotten saved. The presence of God has been here in a wonderful way. The Lord is, is doing something. As I said, we're not, you know, there's a lot of prophecies. There's a lot of prophetic events. There's a lot of things happening in conjunction with the Jewish calendar. This last Wednesday night, we 
We address those issues. We're going to carry that over to this Wednesday night. We're going to talk again. There were so many of you that had questions. And so we're going to carry that over to this Wednesday night. And we're going to continue talking about the prophetic events of the current day and what's being discussed out there and what kind of things should we be looking at. One of the things we always look at, and I preached last week in my message, Be Ready, Look Up, for Your Redemption Draweth Nigh, is that we stay focused on the Word of God. We don't move outside of the Word. I, I enjoy and love listening to preachers. I don't listen to myself very much. I'm afraid I'll talk back. But I do love the ministry of preaching, and I love the prophets and, and the end times. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, here's your measure of truth right here. Stay founded in the Word of God, and that will always keep you on the rock. And when we follow after that, we notice and we look to so many things that the Lord is doing right now and in conjunction with the Jewish calendar and those things that we're learning and they're talking about. We're, we're just interested and we're curious about all of it and we love it. And I love revelation and I love the study of the end times. And I believe, brother, we are in the end times. The signs are everywhere. I will not give you a date, but I will tell you that something is getting ready to happen in the kingdom of God, the body of Christ. I believe that. I believe that the Lord is up to something beautiful, but the awesome thing about it is, is not to turn our focus away. I'm a pastor, and the Lord instructed me, you are to build the church. You're to not get off on all these. I've got others who study those things, and they're prepared to teach those things. And, but you, pastor, you worry about people, the sheep. You get the sheep in the fold. You worry about building the church. And one of the things, the message that the Lord gave for me this morning to give to you, and I'll, I'll do it in a, it'll be the shortest message you ever heard from me. I was waiting for somebody to say, yeah, right. Jesus said, and he was on his way to Jerusalem, and he knew. In Luke chapter 19, verse 11, down through 26, he he spoke to his disciples along the way. And he was trying to inform them and to keep them ready as to what would take place. And he said in that verse 11, now as they heard these things, him speaking about where he was headed, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called his ten servants delivered to them ten minyas, or ten pounds, and he said to them, do business, occupy, King James, occupy till I come. That's the message that I feel that we as the body of Christ need to be concerned about. Occupy until he comes. Occupy doesn't mean just sit around and wait. It doesn't mean just twirl your thumbs and listen for a trumpet or Watch the news or sit back in your pew and just wait. Occupy means to be doing something, taking care of business, working hard to improve and to increase the kingdom. When Jesus looked at them and said, I'm going to go and my kingdom is coming to me and I'm going to return, he was more or less telling them, 
I'm going to empower you. It would be soon he would tell them, he would let them know he wants them to go to Jerusalem and tarry and wait there until they'd be endued with power from on high. They would be powered. The Bible says, Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in all the earth. And this promise from the Lord was so that we would understand. He said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send the comforter so that you will do the work of the kingdom. That you will not just sit back and wait, but you will be busy for the kingdom. And our heart's cry is, Lord, if you can use anything, use us. Lord, my hands, my feet, as our brother sang about, talked about, the hands and the feet, we want so much for God to use us and to not get sidetracked thinking about religious things, but looking to the author and the finisher of our faith, keeping our eyes on the prize before us, but knowing that he wants us to be a part of prospering his kingdom. Building the kingdom through our witness and through our work, through our serving, through our loving. Jesus said the two greatest commandments. One, love the Lord your God with everything that you are. And second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Our, jo- our job, our, our, our business is to love people, to take care of the kingdom, to use whatever gifts, whatever talents have been given to us. In this parable, the one man was given. They were all given equal amounts, but one man increased it to ten, to ten, and the other man increased it to five, and the one man said, oh, I know how hard you are. So I took it. And I've kept it. I've hidden it away. And here I am to present you with what you gave to me. And Jesus looked at him with that sadness that I fear at times he would look at so many of us. He says, what did you do with what I've given to you? At least if you'd put it in the bank, there would have been interest. He said, take, take his gift, take his pound, and give it to the man who has 10. But Lord, that man already has 10. And Jesus gave us the beautiful words in verse 26, for I say unto you, that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not Even that he hath shall be taken away from him. Lord, help us to occupy, to work for the kingdom, to do what we can do to be a light and a witness, to allow the real fire of God that answers the cries of the needs and the hurts of the people to be in us, through us, and out of us. It was Elijah when he was on that mountain and he called for the fire. And he said, Lord, send your fire that they will know that you are God and that I am your servant. It's time for us to be servants of the Most High and Living God, to represent him with all that we have and all that we are, to live out what he's given to us, 
to express to the world our, our stand on holy living and righteous living. How, how many of you know God does expect something from us? I mean, there's a lot of talk these days about free this, free that, free everything. I mean, you almost wonder if God expects anything from anybody. To whom much is given, much is required. He does the saving. Thank God for mercy and for grace. Thank God for goodness and mercy that follows me all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. But understand and know Calvary's sacrifice of the blood at Calvary, that cross. His sin, the, the sin that was completely taken care of, purchased by our Redeemer, kinsman, that blood that was shed at Calvary and the stripes that were placed on his back were not so that you and I could sit around and sing about grace all the rest of our lives. It was there for empowerment to serve the Lord and to take what has been given to us and make sure the kingdom is being built over and over again until he comes and to return back to him all oh, so much more than he has been than he gave to us. That's our heart's cry and our desire is to please him and to serve him and to live out the gospel in our own lives. Oh, it's like the prophet who said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. You can't be quiet when the power of the Lord has hit you. You can't be power when the Lord has transformed you and changed you by the power of the gospel. When it comes in to our hearts and lives and changes our night today, there's no way you can be quiet about it. We can't sit idly by and sit back and just let our religion be nothing more than an organization or a club we belong to. Long gone are the days when that works for the Christian, the true bride of Christ, we're getting ready. We're getting our jewels ready and our dresses ready. Guys and girls, but a wedding dress spiritually. We're getting ourselves ready for the bridegroom to come. And I can almost hear a trumpet. I can almost hear the knock at the door. I can almost sense that he's ready to come now. I believe with all of my heart something is stirring. There's a wind in the trees, as I said earlier, that's blowing and the figs are turning. I'm telling you, the Lord is getting ready to do something astronomically beautiful and excellent in the earth. And you and I get to be a part of that. And part of being a part of that is not sitting back somewhere, Sister Marie, just waiting, just sitting there, just waiting. Sing me another song, Gary. Bless me real good. I want to run this morning. I want to shout this morning. I come to church this morning, just eat at the table. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine. Yeah, I'm on my third meal. <laughs> I'm so full of the signs of the times, I can't hardly walk out of here. I'm fat with the glory of God. You understand what I'm getting at, don't you? He wants to anoint us to do great and mighty things. As I said, I'm, man, I, I was...
50 and one prayer request after another stacking up different places. And Debbie, I was like, Lord, we got so many prayer requests. I'm ready to hear some testimonies. I want to see answers to prayers. I don't want to be involved in a bunch of folks who just keep track of prayer needs. I want prayer needs like yours. I like, he's got a little book he keeps, and he'll put a prayer need in that book. You got it with you this morning? I don't doubt it at all. Right here, he's got him a little notebook. He writes down prayer needs and prays all week long. And I love that he puts little scratches on him or puts little check marks next to him every time there's an answer. I'm still looking for answers. I'm looking for testimonies. I'm looking for God to do mighty great things through the church in this last hour. The clock is ticking, but you and I need to know something this morning. He's on his way, and there's a little bit of time left for us to do the work of God. And he wants to empower us to do great and mighty things for him him i believe him for great things i every time i hear i don't i'm so glad right now i don't get shocked when somebody comes and tells me god answered a prayer i'm so i used to way back in the day wow really wow god answered that prayer that's awesome wow that was a long time ago i'm thankful this morning i'm like really write it down give it to me Another one? I'll write it down. Give it to me. They're telling me one's answered over here. The other one's answered over here. I'm, I'm seeing answers to prayer. And I'm like, God, thank you. That's where we know the power of the Lord is at work. When we see answers to prayers, I'm believing for answers in your life. I'm believing for God to turn it around. I'm believing for the power of the gospel to rise up in this last day and show this whole world. Let the fire fall, Lord, so that Obama will know, so the Congress will know, so the Republicans will know, and the Democrats will know that you are God. You are God. And we are your servants. Stand with me this morning. 19 minutes. I never preached in 19 minutes. And I still got six pages to go. But I'll stop right there this morning. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for, as Liz mentioned, thank you for patience while we're building. Half our parking is gone. We're going to work it out. We'll figure it out. We'll, put, we'll, we'll, we'll let Virgil, Virgil buy everybody a small compact car. and we'll, we'll figure it out. But it's good growth. It's good feelings. Be patient. Work with us. Be ready we got a lot of sweeping to do. God gave us a dream. I said, God gave us a dream. Be ready. We're going to work on a mission. You know what we're going to call it? It's been the Central Baptist Church for the last 60 years. I can't wait to put a new sign up. See, we, are, we go back 100 years, and we used to be called way back in the day, Clayton Street Church of God. When I walked out of the building that day, I looked up and I saw a big old neon sign, like an old 50s neon sign. Just heard it buzzing even, like zzz, zzz. I looked up and I saw, I said, Clayton Street Mission. Right there. Right there. It's going to take a lot of sweeping, a lot of hammering. It's going to take some work. I need some knowledge. You know anybody knows how to do a roof? If you know anybody knows how to hang up drywall, you know somebody knows plumbing? Oh, Lord, send the plumber. Send the plumber just now. <laughs> we need you. And we need you to do it as an act and labor of love for the city of Middletown. We're going to love them to death. 
as we get ready. We got to love the mission first. I'm so excited. I'm excited about where we are. The Lord's coming, so we'll just occupy till He comes. We'll be busy till He comes. We'll just keep growing and growing and growing. Love visitors. We love special guests. Thank you so much for visiting with us. We love visitors. We don't consider you a visitor. You're a special guest. And you come once, you're a special guest. You come the next time, we love you, your family, part of us. God bless you today. Reach over and if you feel comfortable, take the hand of somebody beside of you. Lord, as we come before you this morning, we've had our altar call. People have gotten saved. We've turned this whole service around, did it the exact opposite. And we love you, Lord. Thank you for your presence that has been here. Breathe on us as a church. Breathe on us as the body of Christ. Touch us, oh Father. We lift up your name. Empower us for your service. That we'll be vessels of honor, Lord. Meet for the master's use and prepared for every good work. Touch those today that have made a decision for you. Touch our church. Lead us. Give us wisdom and grace to walk in your divine and perfect plan. Your will will never fail to give you the honor. Lord, bless your people. Bless those that will come back tonight at 6 o'clock. Brother Cameron Jones, bless him, God, as he'll bring the word. I pray that you will bless us as we move forward. Lord, we will take the mandate of your spirit to move forward. And Lord, we will not fail to take our steps as we trust in complete obedience to you. Bless every man. Bless every woman. Bless every family represented here today. Every husband, every wife. Touch them by your Holy Spirit. Give them a great day today in your spirit. Let the presence of the Lord go with them everywhere they go. And Lord, we know we don't dismiss the church today, but the church is leaving the building. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today.